You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the... uh, 29th of September, 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, we have some sad news to share today. The digital marketing world learned of the death of SEO Jamie Sirovich, otherwise known as SEO Egghead yesterday. He, uh, he died on Monday. The cause of his death remains unknown. Author of Professional Search Engine Optimization with PHP, a a developer's guide to SEO, Jamie got into the search engine optimization game shortly after graduating from Stevens Institute with a degree in computer science. Since 2006, he's created tools that were used by a bunch of people in the business. He also helped a lot of people in the business. You know, he was one of those guys you would call when he needed a second pair of eyes or uh, another way of looking at a problem. He was an SEO's SEO, if you will. In the last 12 hours, I've counted hundreds of reactions to the news of his death on Facebook from the SEO community. He was a friend to many, a challenge to a few, and a damn good technical researcher and developer. He's going to be missed by all who knew him. Jamie was 35 years old. Yeah, that's far too young. Yeah, it's a a shame. Um, And again, just the outpouring of emotion. Um from around uh, around the SEO community is uh, it's, it's touching and uh, and it's sad and it's senseless and you know a lot of people just don't know what to make of it but the web goes on indeed okay 
on the show today. Actually, we have a we have, we have a great guest today, and it's uh, said that he comes on a somber show. Um, Jeremy Al Knopf, Al Al Jeremy Al Knopf from Spartan Media, well known in SEO circles. It's, it's a spirited conversation on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, he's going to be coming on. He actually wrote an article for for, for your blog, Dave, about uh, something about putting his fist through the screen because of working with developers. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it, it was a, a really really great piece that uh, that he wrote. So if you're listening, Jeremy, in advance, thanks a lot for that. Um, although I thanked him previously. Um, yeah, and it was the challenges that basically it's a piece on how even experienced, even really, really good designers, and we've all seen this, can destroy SEO. And we've all been there where, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm working with some teams right now where super, super talented designers, they have no context of what we're doing. And so just by default, just in their navigation, we're dealing with 130 internal links. Well, I don't blame them. Their job is just to build a pretty thing, right? <laughs> but this yeah. is sort of a, a great piece on what we need to deal with. And for designers, maybe some tips on, hey, if you do this, then we won't be tearing our hair out and we can just get right to the job we're supposed to be doing, which is optimizing, not undoing problems. Um, so, great. I've been looking forward to this one for, uh, for a, a few weeks, trying to, trying to hammer down a, a time here. So really glad that he's, he's able to come on and join us today. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a pretty guest-intensive um, next few weeks. I think we're booked right through until uh, November, so we got some exciting folks. We uh, do. Who do, we, who do we have coming up the next few weeks? Um, we have, oh, we have, uh, let me just, I will be pulling this up super fast here, um, just so that our, uh, our listeners know who it is. Um, we have on David Vogelpohl. Um, and he's from WP Engine. I host there. Great, great. I mean, there's there's a number of good uh, hosting sites, but that's where where I've opted to go. Um, so he's coming up uh, next week. week. Um, and then we've got uh, Pete Myers, Doctor uh, Moz, Doctor Pete, coming up after that. I believe we have, and and there was we were thinking it'd be this week, uh, but there was just a, a bit of confusion on time zones. Um, and so we're, I'm awaiting confirmation, but it looks like we have Cindy Crum and her team coming up after that. Rhea Drysdale coming up um, on October 27th. And then the oh week over God. that, we got uh, Rob Bucci to come on and, and educate us um, on featured snippets. So we got just a, <laughs> just a whole big lineup of, of interesting guests coming up. And we have a uh, who's who of interesting guests. That's incredible. I mean, and, and you know what? Several of these people are my heroes. That's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. I had the 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 great uh, pleasure of, of chatting with all of them. Uh, well, not all of them, but but many of them um, at MozCon, and and some of their sessions were just exceptional. Some of them I I hadn't known ahead of time. Uh, Rob Bucci would be the one I'm I'm referring to there, where I didn't know him ahead of time. Totally impressed with the with the man's knowledge, so I immediately had to try and lock him down for an interview, and 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 he's agreed, and we're going to have him on. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really, really interesting stuff. So we got a good uh, next five, six weeks of, uh, well, I like to think it's always good. We got five, six weeks of some great guests. Okay, well, you know what? We have a good ten minutes before Jeremy comes on. So uh, let me ask you something, Dave. Has, uh, have penguins been satisfying your needs this week? <laughs> <laughs> this has been the most interesting penguin rollout. I think we've, I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking for me 
that I think any of us have seen. Like, it basically, it triggered last Friday. Go figure. Google hates our show, and so they put everything the day after. <laughs> yeah, although, hey, yo, yo, I want to I, I wanna take some space here. We called it. Remember that increase in crawl activity that was being reported three weeks ago, and then we came on the radio and said, yeah, well, you know, this is looking a lot like Penguin? Yeah, yeah. that's true. We called it, man. And then I got, like, like for two weeks I was all neurotic because Google announced this, uh, this, this, this mobile... <laughs> mobile rankings update i was like oh man we like but that didn't make any sense because of all the spider anyway um so i feel I'm, I'm feeling pretty good it may have come it might have appeared or been announced last friday but it started taking place a couple weeks ago and again bro we called it we did and i mean it's a it's a curious one like to to get a update yesterday um, which I found super interesting, um, that, okay, and now the penalties are going to be starting to, like, people who had penguin-related um, penalties, those are starting to lift now. So um, really, really interesting to see how this thing's rolling out, that it's more of, like, a, a slow rollout. They changed the algorithm. You know, they introduced it into the algorithm, but the impacts of it aren't really being felt, like, from Friday until it was crawled, and that was confirmed by Google. So, okay, now they're setting their crawlers loose and, and sort of penguin-related, um, you know, algorithmic functions are, are kicking in as they hit those sites again. And now we hear yesterday from Google that, okay, and now we're going to start lifting penalties and, and, and issues related to penguins. So that's coming almost a week after the Penguin update was announced, that all of a sudden some of the penalties are going to start lifting. Um, really, really interesting. Well, and uh, I think the, I think the timing of events makes perfect sense. Um, going back a few weeks ago, we had the, um, I guess what we can put our finger on is the known initial mega crawls, where they just went and, and hoovered as much information as they could from all over the web, which they would have had to do to start reevaluating the value of any given link out there. Mm-hmm. And then they have to weigh everything against everything. Because if you remember that patent from a gajillion years ago that talked about how one document links to another, links to another, and those cha- those documents change the weight of other documents, and, and that's all lifetime changes. And that was like back in 2006 or so. Um so, and now we see these quote-unquote penalties being lifted, which I imagine isn't actually lifting a penalty, more of, uh, since, okay, we know that Penguin 4 doesn't penalize through site demotion entire sites, but it's like weeding out individual spammy links and it devalues those links, so they don't really count anymore. I think that's what quote-unquote lifting a penalty is all about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I I completely agree. Sorry, I, I said I I completely agree. Um, and I mean, this is one of the things that I find interesting here about that, or one of the things I find noteworthy about this. You remember when Panda was being rolled into the algorithm? Right now, it's just going to be rolling, um, and uh, like it was just a few months after that. Anyway, we had two more Panda updates before they actually put a rolling. So Google announces, okay, we're just building it into our rolling algorithm, so there's no more no more Panda updates. And then after that announcement, there were two more official Panda updates. They didn't actually <laughs> roll it and something went wrong. In this case, the way it's being deployed, um, that it's sort of 
obviously has been dropped in and now the, the, you know, basically the crawlers are being set loose. And as they pick stuff up, it's being filtered through this component of the algorithm that does give me a little more confidence that Google is right on this one, that no, it has been rolled into the algorithm. Um, and you know what, with two years, basically, uh, waiting for this thing, they, they better have it pretty tight. <laughs> it's, it's almost a year later than they were saying it was going to be. So, um, here's the cool thing. If this is live time, then we can extrapolate that the addition of a new link or a couple of new links on one day should have an effect within six or seven days, right? Yeah. So remember, remember back in, uh, the back in the old days. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. No, again, where it would take about a week to see the effect of your work, but you knew it would come in about a week. Yeah. I got a feeling we're there again when it comes to links. Again, given that Google has to crawl and recrawl and then reevaluate um, document X against the rest of the alphabet that it's um, associated with that document, right? Yeah. Um, lifetime, well, virtual lifetime testing and it might take might take a couple of days to actually see cause and effect and figure it out but that's possible now i think that's really yeah. cool yeah it is um i mean it's uh, to to your point i mean it was just this morning i launched a blog post we'd gotten i won't name the client but basically we'd found a security expert in the client's niche and, and did a guest article on it uh, and yeah just submitted it through the search console two minutes later it was ranking top 10 for everything related to the author and security i like that oh. bam so done um which is great obviously i like that um so sorry go ahead well, here's a statement that came out from uh, from from Gary Ease um, and, and extrapolated on by Barry Schwartz. There's less need now to use the disavow file to push for a Penguin recovery because uh, Penguin Ford devalues links instead of uh, degrading site rankings. You shouldn't need to use the disavow tool anymore. You shouldn't need to disavow links. Google's going to catch them on their own. What do you think about that? I guess the question becomes, would I still? So what this sounds like to me, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, it's sounding to me like they're saying we're not going to be building in link-based penalties. I mean, that would certainly be a way to get around the negative SEO onslaught that, that happens. But to say don't disavow is basically saying uh, we're confident enough in our ability to discount links that we're just going to figure this out on our own. Right. Like you, you don't have to worry about that. Would I still do it for right now? I would. Right. Like I'm a wait and see kind of person. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard to put a disavow file together. Um, well, I mean, depending on the site, I suppose. But, um, you know, would I just kibosh and, and hit the eject button on ever disavowing again? Probably not right now. Um, just because it's so new. But if it is true and, and it probably is, I just wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Then that's obviously Excellent. <laughs> well, Great the, that they're that good. The thinking is, again, if Google's going to find them on their own, um, then and then just score them as zeros, they don't count. doesn't matter. Right. They're not going not to drag you down, but they're certainly not going to push you up. Um, then what's the, point, what's the point in even looking for and disavowing them? Right. When you could be taking that same time to do something good. Um, in this case, my only hesitation is on it being fairly new, right? So that's my only, and I'm not 
fortunately, I'm not in a spot where I'm having to deal with that right now because I'm not dealing with any clients with big penalties. Everything was done sort of before <laughs> this update. Um, so I'm not having to worry about actually answering that question right now, like as far as functionally in my world. But am I going to say, hey, I'll never do another disavow? I, I, I do a, take a kind of wait and see. I mean, I think they could very well come back and go, change our mind. Right. This is something that you that you need to do if they find a, a good use in it, um, you know, or if they find that their systems aren't quite as good. Right. Black hat SEOs and link builders are smarter than they thought. <laughs> and there's a good chance that they might figure that, you know, that that may actually be the case. So we'll 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 see how this plays out. OK, now um, it's 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 totally uh, we got we got to point out to listeners that just because the penguin penguin four has been released doesn't mean you can go jam and spam and get a whole bunch of like dirty <laughs> links just to see what's going to happen because there's still a manual evaluation team that looks at you know the, the, the pattern of you know links coming into a, to given websites and when they see a whole explosion of links they might get offended and seriously screw you over so don't do it you know what that's a really really good point because we we get locked uh, well or often um, on Penguin as it relates to links, even though it actually is just a, an overall spam and, and Google guideline violation sort of algorithm built in there. But you bring up a good point, and we often forget there's still a manual side. It's not like the only penalties that ever happened were because of Penguin. Well, yeah, there's there's still seven other key components to the algorithm we have to think of here. <laughs> at least seven. <laughs> at least. At the very least. At there the might even be eight or nine. Indeed. Um, okay, you know what? We are getting uh, we're rapidly approaching time for a break. I, this, um, I, yeah, I'm gonna wheel Jeremy get song because you raised an interesting question in in one of your statements, Dave. Like you said that your clients had done all this work ahead of time, so there was no uh, recovery work to do. Now that we know that Penguin Four has been released, and right. that that raises an interesting question you so you did this work like um somewhere in the last two bloody years mm-hmm. and you know the quote-unquote penalties have been removed and uh you know there's uh <laughs> it's coming from google so we know there's hot air under everything and that makes stuff rise right <laughs> <laughs> um so what happens you did the work a couple of years ago you did the work in the last 18 months you did the work in the last six months is it having an effect today how long will it take to have an effect? And, you know, what happens to the SERPs when suddenly everybody rises? I think, right. you know, it'll be fun talking about it, but I think we should bring Jeremy into that part of the conversation because I got a feeling that'll be fun. That will be. Well, that end, we kind of got to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the uh, 29th of September, if you can believe it. But it is, really, honest to goodness. It says so right here at the bottom tray. Um, I'm Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Jeremy L. Knopf of Spartan Media. Friends, stick around. We're going to be back after these messages. And don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? 
Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle Trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. All of your favorite webmasterradio.fm programs. Affiliate Buzz. Next Gen Now. CEO Coach. Cyber Law and Business Report. Have found a new home. SEO Rockstars. SEM Synergy. Webcology. SEO 101. PPC Rockstars. First Strings with Maria Retan. All of your favorite webmasterradio.fm programs have found a new home. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 29th of September, 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beats Like Internet Marketing, and uh, we're joined today by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. Jeremy is well known in SEO circles. It is a uh, spirited conversation on Facebook. A former Marine with a soldier's attitude towards efficiency and ability, Jeremy works with developers to improve their websites and those of their clients. And if his hair wasn't cut short, he'd likely pull it out. <laughs> um, Jeremy's going to be talking to us about working with developers. He uh, actually wrote a uh, blog post uh, for for Dave's blog, the, the Beanstalk blog. Um, we're going to be touching on that. We're going to be talking about Penguin, no doubt, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about another of a uh, bunch of topics, professional and personal. And Jeremy, welcome to Webcology, bro. Thank you, Jim. Thank you Man, guys for having is- me. Uh, it is good to meet you on the radio. We've never actually met in real life. Or I don't think we've actually spoken in real life, but um, we've certainly gone at it with each other. But I am glad to have you on the show, bro. That would be an understatement, huh? 
Um, now, I know that my Facebook posts frustrate you, of course, but that's <laughs> nothing compared to what some developers have done with uh, done done with your brain. Um, it's frustrating. Eh? I mean, like these guys create art; they they're, they're trying so hard, and sometimes they just don't get it. They are, you know, and. I think a lot of the problem is that they assume that because they're they're working with computers that it that they have the same understanding that SEOs do, and that's unfortunately not the case. What are some of the biggest stumbling blocks? Like, like just off the, you know, you're going to run into a problem where? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a pretty broad field. Um, when designers are thinking about a website, they're ninety nine times out of a hundred looking at it from Purely the aesthetics. Um, you know, SEOs tend to be more logical thinkers. Uh, they're looking at things from an analytical point of view. Designers are more creative, kind of free-flowing. So in a, in a designer's mind, when they're looking at it, as long as it looks nice and it presents the kind of image that they're looking for, then they think that they've done their job. And I guess to some degree they have, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that they could do that would really make the job of an SEO a lot easier. Um, and since generally it's different, different groups of people, right? It's, you generally don't have a company that's doing the SEO and the web design, at least not, not to the top of the level that they could be done. So they're generally working together in different capacities. So it, you know, it benefits everybody for them to be able to do the best job and communicate so that they're not giving one or the other more work. Well, indeed, um, if this were a couple of years ago, the first example to leap to mind would be Flash. Thank goodness oh that's over. <laughs> um, but now you think about stuff like, say, file structure. Like, there's a certain way we want things done, and there's a certain way that the designer, when envisioning the website, has it laid out in his or her head. Um, what do you do when you come across when you come across an issue like that? You know you got to do it this way, but they've gone and done it that way. Are you talking from the perspective of like the, the URL structure, or are you talking in regards to something well, else? URL structure is a good place to start, as as an sure. example. But I mean, there, there could be dozens, eh? Sure. Um, really, I think the key is getting everybody who's involved in the project communicating right from the beginning, and that way you don't have to go back and redo stuff. If the designer knows that certain things need to be structured a certain way for an SEO perspective, then they can do that right from the beginning. Um, to me, it just makes a lot more sense. You're not having to go backwards and redo a ton of work. It's a lot more efficient for everybody. Um, a big frustration for, for a lot of SEOs is working in content management systems, especially uh, you know proprietary content management systems. Um, you ever run across any uh, any issues where you got you, you got to get them to add this field? Like it's it's got to come in, but there's always like you know Doctor No on the development team who just won't add that field because it can't be done. Right. What do you do? What do you, how yeah. do you deal with Doctor No? Well, so in any case where I've ever had a proprietary content management system, I've done everything possible to just entirely steer them away from that because that's you know they're generally not going to make changes. Um, you know, unless it's a, a small company that's got their own thing and, and, and they have that option. But, you know, if you're looking at some of these proprietary things like, you know, you've got Wix and you've got – I can't even think of some of the other horrible ones out there. Um, you know, you're, you're generally not going to get that to happen. So nine times out of ten, I try and steer them away from that. 
if they if they aren't willing to do it and it's a significant issue, that's kind of a deal breaker because they're tying your hands. You know, from an SEO perspective, if if they don't give you the flexibility to do what you need to do, then you're not going to get the results that you're telling them can be achieved. So what are some like I, I know I, you know I'm looking at them right now because of course I've I've read this post um, mm-hmm. already but I mean you, you cover a lot of ground here but let's get into some some specific things right like sure. one of the ones uh, that I liked and and it's probably one of the most common ones that we all see here um, and you've got it under the heading unoptimized media okay what are you talking about there and you actually okay. included something that I've rarely seen in. Uh, in, in some lists and none, I'll just say the Nintendo example. <laughs> Get into that, that's my favorite image probably ever on my site. But um, so, so what do you talk about? Unoptimized media. Okay. So this, you, so you see this problem from web designers to begin with, but you also see it a lot with the end client, right? They've got WordPress. They can go in there and they can upload their own images. They pop it in there and it looks great. Never mind the fact that it's a 4,000 pixel wide image and it takes, you know, 10 seconds to download. They think it's fine. Um, you know, whatever the final image size is going to be, that's what it should be. That's what the actual file dimension should be. So if it's going to display at 800 pixels wide, there's no logical reason for it to be any larger than that. Um, and you can even take that a step further and using media queries in the CSS, depending on how it's structured. So if you've got images that are displayed like as a background image, for example, you can use media queries to determine at which screen resolution certain images will display. So maybe on a desktop, you might have an 800-pixel-wide image displaying in a certain spot. But if it's on a mobile, then it's going to call a different CSS, and in that CSS file, it will use a smaller image, maybe, say, 400 pixels wide. So that's that's one huge thing that you can do because it's not just the it's not just the image itself, but you know you've got the bandwidth, you've got how long it's going to take to display. You're also kind of bogging down the, the processor, whether it's on your desktop or on your phone, tablet. The longer that it, or the the larger that the image is, the more processing power it's going to take. So that's going to affect everything from that perspective as well. Um, there's also some things you can do with images that are actually placed in the site, not as not from a CSS perspective, but you know, your regular images. Um, depending on how it's all set up, you might be able to use JavaScript to pull different sized images. Um, that's usually going to be on a case-by-case basis because there's times when it might be faster to just load a larger image or it might be faster to have JavaScript pick the right image and throw it in there based on the size of the screen. And that's one of those cases where you're going to have to do some testing and see. Um, you know, you might think it'll be faster one way, and it turns out the other way, or vice versa. So let's, let's, let's talk structure here now. <laughs> I'm going to take us off on a, on a slight tangent here. Uh, a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and I actually was talking about just before we went to break, because I, exactly where you are, we, we've got a client has hired a, a, an outstanding designer, um, however, I'm was just sent the navigation structure. Not notwithstanding all of the links that might exist in the content, we're dealing with about 130 internal links just in the top navigation and footer. Why? Because they don't understand what they're what they're doing, which is fine. That's my job. That's why I'm here now vetting what they're doing and handing it back before the design is done. You talked about that in the piece: internal linking structures. Why? Sure. Let's, let's, before we talk about what an optimal one is, or, or maybe maybe that is part of the answer, why does this even matter? 
Okay, so the internal links matter because, first of all, to a lesser degree than external links, but they do have an impact on how how uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, they they have an effect on ranking, not as significant as external links. Um, the other thing that they do is they also keep visitors on your site longer. So if I'm in an article and I see a link to something else that's relevant within your site, I'm going to click on that, stay on your site longer. That means that I'm getting exposed to your brand for a longer period of time, gives me more of a chance of being converted by your message, and it's also telling Google that I find your site valuable and trustworthy by staying there longer. So that is another factor that's going to help improve the ranking as well. So that kind of bridges between SEO and sort of general marketing branding um, by converting the person and improving the search ranking. Does that make sense? No, that, that makes perfect sense. So we're talking a bit about the, the flow of page rank through a, through a site, right? And it comes either externally, page rank coming to you, as you point out, um, with external links, or you can pass that page rank within your own site with your, with your internal links. And yeah, you got 130 internal links, that page rank's been split up quite quite substantially there. Um, now, speaking of links on your site, um, one of the pet peeves you have, and I'm going to pretend like I don't understand you, Jeremy. <laughs> you, you, you talked about excess <laughs> social media widgets, right? Like having every possible social media. I mean, shouldn't I want my visitors to share with 144 different social media properties? Why, why would I not want to put these all on my site? Sure, you definitely want them to do that, but you're not going to make that happen by having all of these widgets. So first of all, the problem is each of these widgets, they run off of a JavaScript of some sort. So that's mm -hmm. going to have an impact on how, how quickly your site loads, and we all know how much of an impact that has on ranking, right? Not to mention user experience. If, if it's taking too long to load and they back out of there, then you're not going to have a chance to do anything anyway. So your goal of any of the social media is to drive them to your website so that they can buy something from you or sign up for your newsletter or you know hear your message and, and get converted into whatever it is you're trying to convert them. If you're putting all of these widgets on your site, and the same, the same concept goes with sticking all of the little links to the social media profiles at the top of the website, you're sending them out to the social media rather than using the social media to send them back to your site. It's kind of a backwards approach. You can, you can build up the audience on social media and drive them to your site, but if you send them off-site, chances are they're going to go down a rabbit hole. I, I mean, I can tell you it happens to me. I see a link, I go click on something on Facebook, and four hours later, me and Jim are going back and forth on some political crap. <laughs> so it's, it's just a big black hole, and you're, you're, you're just going in the wrong direction with it by doing it that way. Well, and, and from an optimization standpoint, I, I want to reiterate something that uh, that you mentioned uh, t towards the beginning of that answer about the, about having a number of different Java calls, JavaScript calls. Mm -hmm. In the last few years, Google has been pushing as hard as it can to designers to you know move towards uh, uh, mobile friendly uh, web documents and websites. How much do do those Java calls mess up? the loading time of, of a mobile site. It has a tremendous impact. Have you seen some of the some of the things that Alan has been sharing where he kind of stripped out all kind of identifying information and just showed the number of files that were called and the number of JavaScripts and, and page load speeds and some of that? 
he's seen some pretty outrageous numbers on some of his audits lately. Oh, and, indeed. you know, we can look at any of our clients and see as well, which, you know, fortunately, I haven't had a tremendous amount of clients who have, you know, ridiculous number of, of these widgets or JavaScripts or things of that nature. But I've definitely seen my share of them out there. Now, as time goes on, are you seeing developers get a grasp on the mobile environment? Or is it better than it was at the beginning? Well, I had to say no. this. I okay. think it's worse. <laughs> the answer. <laughs> <laughs> the problem we have, and it's, it's the same thing that it's in the SEO industry, it's in the design industry. You've got people who think that because they know how to play around with meta tags, they're, that they're automatically an SEO. You've got people who think that because they can install WordPress that they're a designer. Um, they don't know how to actually go into the PHP and, and make it do what they want it to do. So they just find some plugin, they throw it in here. Now that plugin's got six different CSS files and JavaScript files that you've just added to your to your site. And then they need to do this other task. So they'll add another plugin. And now here's a couple more CSS and JavaScript files. So to create the functionality that they're trying to achieve. They just slap all this crap on there, and it's it's creating tremendous bloat. Whereas if they actually did it properly, you know, rather than throwing a plug-in into the website, you would go into the functions PHP and code it to create the functionality that you want. Or, you, you know, maybe you would take the JavaScript that you need and embed it into one of your existing JavaScript files. Or if you really wanted to take it to another level, take all of your JavaScript files, merge them into one. Same with your CSS. You've got less, uh, you've got fewer HTTP requests, and you've got a smaller overall file size at that point as well. A, a really hard thing to do in in any format where SEOs are giving advice to uh, other webmasters, be it print, radio, or or even in YouTube is get across the idea that every site is different and will have slightly different needs and. You know, sure. this advice will work under this circumstance, but I can't tell you for sure it'll work under that circumstance. Um, is there? Again, I preface the question with 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 uh, with that preface. Um, but is there a preferred way for people to deal with uh, with all the calls that their WordPress site might make? What's the best way for them to de- deal with them? Well, so. You're 100% right. It is a case-by-case basis. But generally, once you get the site the way that it needs to be functioning, at that point you can start merging things in toge- uh, merge things together into one. So say, for example, all of your CSS files. You can merge those all into one file and then just have one call. And then you could take that a step further and minify that, or you could even go beyond that. So, for example, say you've got a margin tag, right? And you've got your settings for your top right bottom and left Mm -hmm. if they're all say for example it's 10 pixels so you've got 10 pixel 10 pixel 10 pixel 10 pixel rather than doing that you cut that back down to one of those so it will just apply it around all four of those Um, you can even leave off the the last semicolon of a, a css line so all of these little things they can do to compact it um you do the same kind of things with the javascript you can merge them all into one um you can you can minify them as well. Just eliminate plugins. Eliminate any any extraneous things that you can do through either you know functions PHP. Pretty much any functionality that you want to do in a plugin, you can put right into WordPress without needing a plugin. 
And we're going we're going to be able to explain why that's really important, but unfortunately, we're going to have to do a little bit of download time before we get to that because we've got to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's uh, the 29th of September, 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. We're going to be back after these messages. We'll be back for this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with Ezoic. That's ezoic.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's 29th of September 2016. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And Dave and I are joined by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. Uh, Jeremy, welcome back. Um, Thank you. Not sure exactly. You know what? We were on JavaScript. We were talking about why compacting stuff, throwing them into one file, making your page load speed faster is so important. If, if you just answer that question really quickly, then I want to jump to Penguin because we're almost out of time here. <laughs> so the load speed, it, you're accomplishing two things. One, you're minimizing HTTP requests. Two, you're reducing the overall size of what has to be downloaded. Um, so that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Does why does, does that Google answer? like that? Okay, so they're obviously trying to provide the best use. The answer they say is that they're mm-hmm. trying to provide the best user experience. Um, so the faster that a page loads, obviously, the more quickly somebody's going to get the answer they're looking for. Um, there's obviously if monetary. Just throw this benefits. in. It Go really is that simple, folks. Sure. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
I get, I, I get the doctor no on the development team saying to me all the time, well, why do we – why does Google care? <laughs> do, that's why. Indeed. <laughs> well, ours really – and sometimes you just have to go, you know what? It's not even up to me to question why. <laughs> just, it doesn't matter why. Google told me to. That's why. <laughs> like sometimes – That's, that's a perfect point. That. We want to get all religious <laughs> about this. Um, <laughs> Okay, Jeremy, what do you think about the the latest iteration of Penguin, Penguin Four? I mean, we don't know a lot about it yet, but there's it's been a you know a week since the announcement was made. We got a better sense. What's your sense? I think that they just announced what they announced so that people will stop bugging them about it. There's not going to be these big updates every so often. It's hey, yeah, it's just real time. Whatever happens, happens, and you'll see the results here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a little cynical. Uh, you know, we're talking about Google here. It's um, I mean, it's, it's not like it's not like we're talking about Yahoo, where you could be all like you know, sunshine and airy and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, how about some of the stuff that uh, that that Gary Eyes has been saying um, that you don't need to use a disavow, that the recoveries are going to be happening now. Do, 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 do you anticipate any of your clients suddenly bouncing out of the doldrums if, if they were there in the first place? Um, I don't think so. I mean, this is the same, wasn't this the same guy who said that you can't penal, you can't hurt a site with shitty links? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's possible that you can't hurt a site with, uh, with bad links. Now, if what, he says about Penguin is to be believed, whether or not the devaluing links or just, or, or, I'm sorry, not uh, chucking a site out through penalty. They're just devaluing or disregarding the bad link. Um, it's possible okay. that he could be right today, although when he said it, he wasn't actually right then. Right. That's my point is that when that was said, I think we all know that that wasn't accurate. I've seen firsthand um, others, other people throwing a ton of garbage links at sites just to get them penalized and it works it it's not easy but it does work it's not very nice either either, eh? what's that it's not very nice either eh? (laughs) no um so what do you like if and i I like to ask this question of of multiple guests if we're looking at the future like we we've seen we've had a, a massive core update We've had a massive update as it relates to local and, and layouts. We've seen you know snack packs and map packs moving around. We've now got a, a fairly significant uh, penguin update, and then it shifting over to the rollout. So, heck, and I, I'm excited. Next Tuesday, Google's going to be in, apparently announcing some interesting stuff on on the hardware front. What are we What are we looking at? Like you're 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 putting your, your thinking cap on and, and going ahead. I don't know. Let's just go ahead a year because this is rapidly moving industry. So a, a year from now, what direction are we headed? Are, are we seeing as SEOs just this constant onslaught of massive stuff coming from Google? Or did this did they just really need to pull the Band-Aid off, maybe in prep for the holidays so they don't have to do anything through, uh, through the rest of the, the third quarter? Uh, as far as the... The third quarter, I don't have an answer on that. I I would think from a more, say, the next year or so, I think we're going to see a lot more changes as far as, like, voice search, for example. I don't think that it's going to be the way that people used to do it where they're targeting necessarily specific keywords, but more a matter of somebody will ask a question using voice search. 
and Google will try and find the right answer. It might not have any of the words that you used, but pull up based on some kind of algorithm what they think is the most relevant to that question. That's that's where I see things going in the next, say, maybe one to three years. So, so you're viewing a, a world where I would grab my phone and go, you know, I'm in a foreign city, say, you know, like I'm in, you know, I've, I've popped over to Seattle or something, you know, great food near me. Like, like I've got, that's the only query I've got, great food near me, and now it now needs to try and figure out what did Dave just mean by that, um, and, and, and what does he define as great. Sure, and based, and based on, so it's, I think there's going to be a lot more tying in with, say, for example, using the, the uh, GPS to tie into your location, um, more of your search history, some of the things that, that maybe you've talked about around your phone. I don't know about you guys, but I've seen if you, if you talk about something, it starts showing up, even though you've never performed a search for it, right? Dude, have I any got of you guys seen that happen? I love that in the world. What's that? I got the best example on that in the world. I swear to goodness this happened. What was but it? wouldn't that be an invasion of privacy? Maybe. Like they couldn't do that. Uh, isn't, isn't what? My, phone. my Android phone was sitting beside uh, a radio I have in my office, and they, there was a, it, was, it was a talk show, and they were talking about menopause. So I had it on in the background. I wasn't really listening because, you know, for whatever reason, I don't particularly think about menopause very often. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and... um. A few minutes later, I, I go out back to, 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 to have a smoke, and I look at my phone, and there's, ad for, there's ads for feminine hygiene products showing up on my phone. Something else I, I you mentioning don't that. very often. That spooked me out. Now I carry a BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> to touch back on your point, Dave, about an invasion of privacy, all of the, think of all of the data that Facebook has about us right now. Five years ago, any one of us would have said, that's crazy, that'll never happen, that's an invasion of privacy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was, I mean, I, I, was, I was a young kid at the time, but I was a, a kid in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s. I mean, we, we mocked the Soviet Union for having 1% of the data <laughs> and invasions of privacy that we now <laughs> Indeed, just need eh? here for. Um, so, <laughs> we just freely <laughs> handed out at this point. Um. So I've been there, you know, and, and that's that's a whole different show. Maybe we'll drag you on for that one too, because we do, uh, Jim. It's been a while since we've done that. We do like to have shows on, uh, you know, grab a lawyer or something and and, and chat some some. But the thing is, this is reality now. Like the, our phones are listening to us, Dave. You know, if you if you ask for good food in Seattle, your phone, it, Google knows what you like to eat because they've watched you order food a gajillion times. Sure, um, this is reality now. How is that changing our jobs? That's a great question. Jeremy? I think we're going to have to to rethink the kind of content that we're producing. You know, it's not – and it hasn't been necessarily on keywords the way that people used to think of it five, ten years ago. It hasn't been that way for a while, but we're going to have to take it even further and, you know, think about it from the perspective of answering a question, providing a solution to a problem rather than, you know, thinking in terms of keywords. Um, and I think a, a bigger problem is going to be – communicating that to clients in a way that they understand that because now we're taking what was already a very technical situation and trying to take it to an entirely different level and expecting clients who you know maybe hear about this for 20 minutes here and there in in their week um, and we're trying to convey something very complex and technical to them at this point 
I, I, I have a bunch of questions I want to ask, but all of them would require lengthy answers. So we're gonna have to have you, <laughs> we're gonna have to have you back on again really soon. Sounds great. We got a few minutes left, and there's something that's uh, important to me, and, and I'm pretty sure important to Jeremy. Um, anyone who follows either Jeremy or myself on Facebook know that he and I tend to not agree <laughs> politically. We've had our fair share of uh, diplomatic discussions about our views of news and events, and we frequently disagree. But there's one thing I know that him and I stand shoulder to shoulder on. Absolutely stand shoulder to shoulder on. Our countries have been in a state of war for nearly 15 years now. We all know people who've served in Iraq or Afghanistan or somewhere else far away from home, and it doesn't matter what you think of those wars. We all know someone who served. Many of those people saw or participated in things we don't want to think about, and some of them are haunted by their memories. Post-traumatic stress is terrible and a very real affliction for many service personnel and for many first responders like police, fire services, or paramedics. In Canada, the RCMP, Ontario Provincial Police, Toronto Police Services, and the Canadian Armed Forces came behind and lent their support to a grassroots effort that, that, that I was lucky enough to be a part of called Unmask PTSD. Jeremy, I know that uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is important uh, important to you. Is there any organization in uh, the United States that you could refer people to? Honestly, Jim, I've looked at a lot of these organizations, and you know, I hate to be cynical, but the deeper that I got into any of them, I just I wasn't impressed with what they were doing. It just kind of seemed like either they were doing it for to kind of pocket the money themselves or they were doing it for the fame, right? So any of them that I got involved with, that was kind of what I found as I got deeper into it. What I think is a far better solution is, I mean, shit, we all know somebody who's a veteran or who's, Mm -hmm. you know, police, firefighter, whatever. Um, Reach out to people. That's what it's really going to come down to. It's that personal contact, not calling some random organization. If people are reaching out to somebody – that's going to have a far greater impact, um, you know. And it's not a matter of waiting for them. You know, for example, if you know six vets, just reach out and call them every so often, check on them, see how they're doing. You know their personality. You know what's normal for them and what's not. If something seems off, you know, check on them and don't just don't just get an answer and just brush it off after that. Just you know, t- dig deep, find out if there is something going on. Um, and for the people who are struggling. Reaching out for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. It's a sign that you value yourself enough to fix a problem. Yeah. Don't be afraid to get therapy. There's there's actually a great podcast episode, if you don't mind me sharing. Do it. Um, the Art of Charm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, with Jordan Harbinger. No. no. Okay. It's, uh, it's kind of like a self-improvement type of podcast. The guy's awesome. He's got tons of great information. But one in particular – for anybody who's in this situation is episode 511 Um, and he actually got on there with a therapist and they they kind of talked about some of the issues that we're talking about like for example everyone kind of thinks of therapy as a dirty word i think therapy is something that everyone can benefit from in some way but especially somebody who's been through some kind of trauma or situation like that man thank you thank you so much for addressing that it's uh again it's an important thing and there's uh it goes unsaid way too often. But we're at the end of the show. We're done. We've gone through a whole hour and made it through the other end. Jeremy Knopf from uh, Spartan Media, thank you so much for your time on the show today, bro. 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And it was great meeting you on radio. Likewise. <laughs> um, friends, this is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 29th of September, 2016. And if there's any warmth in the atmosphere where you live, get out there and enjoy it before it gets too cold. Stick around, Cranberry. we got some great stuff coming up after the news. And uh, Dave and I are coming up in the next few weeks with an incredible guest list. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you later. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Thank you.